What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Eviction moratoriums are coming to an end in Alameda County. Joining us to discuss is Leah Simon Weisberg, legal director of the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment, or ACE Action. ACE is a grassroots member-led statewide community org working with more than 15,000 members across California. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for joining us. Uh, All right, Leah. Let's jump right in. When do the moratoriums end, and what does that mean in the fine print for renters? Well, it, it once again, is really about where do you live and whether your elected um, value tenants. So um, if you live in Berkeley or Oakland, um, essentially they've adopted, and well, Oakland's going to be adopting and Berkeley has adopted, Uh, essentially ordinances that protect through September 1st. Um, What does change May 1st is that landlords um, who, you know, need to move in um, using an owner move-in and they own only one property and that's the property they're moving in are allowed to do that. Otherwise, you cannot do an owner move-in in either Berkeley or Oakland. And the kind of biggest um, change is that Landlords may start serving three-day notices for May's rent if um, the tenant cannot pay and it's not because of COVID. So you will still continue to be protected if the reason you cannot pay is because of COVID. That's more or less where Berkeley stops um, and then Oakland um, is much, much stronger and really exciting about, really excited about the additional protections. And, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but I, I kind of want to give some bad news for essentially the rest of the county. Um, you know, we saw a devastating kind of failure to act by several of the um, county supervisors. And as a result, um, not only will, particularly let's talk about the folks who live in unincorporated areas, and their only electeds are uh, the county supervisors. They not only lost one of the strongest moratoriums in the state, but they have no local protections. So it's it's kind of a, for them, it's really going to be hard. And that could have been fixed, right? And um, it was just complete, you know, leadership failure. And, um, yeah, really, really troubling for folks who live in, in Cherryland and, and other unincorporated areas. But even our, our you know, comrades, <laughs> friends who live in, um, you know, places like Albany. Um, Albany mm-hmm. also has, a, you know, a large tenant community that's been struggling for a long time. And they also have no protections um, as, of, as of May 1st. Um, yeah, so that's that's the good and the bad. Um, have lots to say in detail about Oakland because really excited about how that's going to um, play out. So, well, well, you want me to well, jump into that too? Yeah, I was going to say because I was I actually had that towards the end, but let's talk about it now. Uh, let's talk about the proposal put forth by Council Members Bass and Kalb. Right. So. You know, I think obviously it's always really hard to say when do you transition out of um, a policy that has really made a huge difference. I mean, um, the kind of you can only evict for very, you know, serious um, health and safety violations. 
um, has really kept a lot of people housed. And it's made, obviously, a huge difference for people um, who had no other protections. Um, But I think that, you know, obviously, I think that Berkeley and um, Oakland have made good decisions in terms of, you know, I've described it as kind of opening a spout, trying to only, you know, open up and essentially returning to the regularly scheduled housing crisis. So um, Oakland, and and essentially because the way the county moratorium was kind of laid over um, the whole county, um, the first time that Oaklanders will actually rely on their own ordinance will be May 1st when the county ordinance ends. So starting May 1st, um, a tenant can only be evicted for those two reasons, as I was saying, and it'll be that way through September. Um, but I think it's really important to remember you cannot be evicted for any past rent. Um, there will be debt, and we can we'll maybe you know talk about that later. Um, obviously, a yeah. big deal. But what, there are two really really important protections that Oakland is putting in place. So not only yes, we are um, you know pulling back some of the kind of absolute protections, but I think really doing some smart um, strengthening of the just cause ordinance we have to really focus in on the abuses and how some landlords use, um, you know, eviction as a way to circumvent rent control and empty apartments and, you know, essentially raise rents by kicking people out. Um, And so they're doing it two really wonderful ways. One is saying, okay, if you are going to evict, you can't just evict for 100 bucks. Right. It, it, we're really trying to address these like gotchas. And so a mm. landlord is not going to be able to evict until the amount owed is the equivalent of what HUD considers a market rate, the market rate. So a two bedroom, according to HUD, is twenty four hundred dollars. So if a tenant is one hundred bucks behind or or their rent is only, you know, eight hundred dollars a month then the landlord's going to have to wait several months. And that's going to do two things. One is really give additional protections to folks who are in rent-controlled apartments that will never be able to replace those units. If they get evicted, they will never afford to live here again, right? Those are the folks who are most vulnerable to um, to becoming unhoused. Those are the folks where it's the hardest for the government to really, you know, get them back into housing that they can afford. But... In general, they probably were able to afford it and also give more time for that person to get, you know, assistance in paying that difference. Um, And it also will, in some ways, you know, a lot of landlords go after tenants who are paying lower rents, not necessarily, um, and they'll let higher paying uh, tenants slide a little bit more. And so hopefully this will give additional protections to tenants who are paying um, lower amounts. The other... um, piece that we are we we asked um, to get addressed is that landlords use um, kind of breaches of leases as another way to kind of gotcha tenants so you know a lot of tenants are still forced into signing 98 page leases mm-hmm. so in Oakland landlords can no longer make you sign a new lease and um, you have you have the right to <laughs> sign it or not um, but the other thing is is that you can't just evict because there's been some, you know, minor breach. Um, and, you know, so for 
what we asked for is that essentially there would have to be a substantial actual damage to the landlord. So one of the tricks landlords have right now, particularly you know, in these 98-page leases, is they say, okay, and you have to have rental rental insurance, and if you don't have it, you have to have it with, you know, you. and then they're like, and then buy it from us. Well, rental assistance helps, you know, it's supposed to be for the tenant. So why would you be evicted because you didn't, um, you know, provide that? And so I think it's really important that, you know, eviction should be rarely, rarely used. And it should never be used just to kick somebody out of rent control. Um, and so we really believe that that um, you know, will hopefully narrow those situations. The other component is that the the behavior that they're evicting for has to be unreasonable, and um, that the term they're evicting for has to be reasonable and legal, and then accepted in writing by the tenant. And you know, when we were really looking at all of the different ways that we saw tenants getting, um, you know, essentially landlords trying to circumvent, and we're talking about landlords who buy properties who immediately are trying to empty them. Um, these were the tricks. And so, you know, eviction should not be used as a trick to displace a person. So um, we're really hopeful that we won't return to the regularly scheduled housing crisis, but instead be in a, a better place. Um, you know, I, we have this very romantic notion about World War II that the New Deal brought for, you know, some of Americans, um, you know, a better world out of this terrible time. Um, I hope we'll look at it that way instead of the way we do at the foreclosure crisis where we came out of that and we were robbed even more. <laughs> you know, we were robbed by the solutions. We were robbed by the whole process. So, um, you know, I think Rich, um, Oakland's going to come out stronger and, and really, um, really thankful for the, the strong leadership we have right now. And that's the the leadership uh, displayed, particularly at last week's city council meeting, which was hijacked by a group of landlords protesting the eviction moratorium. So that this leadership, um, d- despite the the types of tactics and stunts, I don't I don't have another word for it that's being utilized. Um, I mean, everything from um, you've got folks, you've got certain folks whose name I will not say, right? Um, uh, talking about that that they are the ones that are actually being victimized. And then there was one landlord at the city council meeting last week that called the eviction moratorium and and them not being able to evict people slavery. Um, they continue to organize, right? They are actually organizing, and those on the left are watching this, and they're being supported by formerly elected people like Lauren Taylor, and it seems that they are growing in numbers and in strategy. Does that concern you at all? Well, I think it's, it, I mean, it's it's concerning any time the other side uses kind of our um, tactics in a, you know, abusive, racist, and misogynist way. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that's, that I think has been, is important to remember and that I've been trying to, you know, I've been talking about a lot is that this isn't just local landlords saying, gosh, I'm really struggling. I need someone to, to speak for me. It's, you know, a concerted effort by the National Association of Realtors, the National Association of Apartment Associations, and the California Apartment Associations is, you know, sending millions and millions and millions of dollars to these local groups um, to try and get them to essentially show up anywhere that communities are trying to address displacement because they directly make money off of displacement. And, you know, I think that that you have these 
folks who say that they only own a few properties, but my experience, unfortunately, is they have no problem misrepresenting the truth. And every single time, you know, I, I received an email recently from a landlord being like, I just want you to understand how hard it is and all of these things. And I said, okay, well, I'd love to chat with you to get more details about this. And they're like, well, I'm in Denmark right now, you know, with family. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, they're living in Denmark. And, um, you know, and then it's like, turns out they own lots of properties. So it's, you know, I think that there is just this like, um, you know, that it's, it's acceptable to lie because Fox News has said that it's acceptable to lie. And, you know, we even saw, um, you know, part of the leadership of the local EBRA claiming they had no idea that, um, you know, the new legislation was being introduced the next day. Um, when we, but when he said the day before, he talked about these meetings that um, they had had. And so it's, you know, it, it doesn't even phase them to completely lie. And, you know, part of it is that we don't have a lot of media left, right? I mean, We've got some radio, thank God, and we've got, um, you know, a few things, but it's re it's so easy for them to, to do that. But, you know, I was sitting in the audience during all of all of that, and, and I was it was pretty disappointing, um, the amount of misogyny and racism um, coming out from, you know, from the different people. I mean, and, and I think you can't, you know, we know that Council Member Fife has been really attacked as, as a, you know, woman of color and in her leadership role. And they were doing the same thing to Council Member Bass, um, Fortunado. And I think it's, you know, to me, it, I felt like I was watching a little bit of January 6th and the kind of behavior and um, the things they were yelling out. And, you know, and, I, you know, ultimately they're doing this to, to grab money, right? And it's not about taking care of the community. And frankly... Unfortunately, I, I still don't think a lot of what they're saying is accurate. Um, you know, they refuse to really provide any detail. Um, you know, when different government agencies have asked, uh, asked these different apartment associations to put out surveys so that um, we could have some data, some real data, they all refuse. So I really think this is about the national players who want to buy up um, property, put it into a real estate interest trust REIT, and then get other people to invest in it. And their what, what threatens their ability to make gobs of money um, is tenant organizing. And so they're really trying to, to put it in a chilling effect. And, and the other thing is, is they're doing it in Fairfax. They're doing it in, um, you know, in Humboldt. They're doing it in Petaluma. Anywhere that tenants are trying to stop displacement, they have sent in money and they are hiring extra people to create, you know, I mean, this is uh, AstroTurf. Leah Summer-Weisberg, I've, I've got two more questions and then um, I've, I've got to move on. I, or I guess I have a comment I want to react to. I mean, I, part of what's also frustrating, I mean, there are some mom-and-pop landlords that this does impact. And it, it seems like the national associations are, you know, they're propping them up for their needs, which means that the folks that actually need help um, also, right, can't can't get it. They're, they're not who's being focused on despite being utilized as token spokespeople. Right. And I think we've tried to make these programs such. So, for example, the priority when we were giving funding was supposed to be both low-income tenants and low-income um, landlord. So I think that, 
you know, from the government side, we've tried to do it, but you never hear them prioritizing it. You know, when they say, you know, who do we want to focus on? They're like eight units. You know, I own eight. You can own up to eight buildings. <laughs> and you're just kind of like, really? Um, you know, so, yeah, I think it's always, um, yeah, it is troubling that when you look at the board of these organizations, it's all big landlords that, you know, big corporate entities, you know, FPI and Blackstone and Graystar and Essex and these huge conglomerates um, that own property around the world are on their boards and then they pretend. But you have to follow the language. It's like, um, you know, we represent independent operators. That's how they actually describe people who are smaller landlords, independent mm -hmm. operators. So it's people who don't use management companies. Um but, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I really hope that, um, you know, the smaller landlords will reach out to the REM program and to, you know, HCD and, and give real situations um, and so we can start addressing them. But, you know, I think when we look at, um, you know, the numbers, there are a lot of folks who can't afford their rent. Um, and so that's another piece that I forgot to mention is that we're not that the rents will stay at a 3% cap and you can't do capital improvements. And, um, and then, you know, where you kind of, you can do these three, you used to be able to do where you, triple, you can do three, capture three years of rent. All right, Leah, I've got to leave it there. If people need more help, support, more information, um, we actually, oh, actually, we didn't get to what do people do if they owe debt? But do that quickly and then give out the information where people can uh, go for more information and support. Well, if you, um, landlords are going to be able to start going to small claims to get, um, you know, and suing tenants. And so, but what I think is really important is they cannot evict you for it. And we want to really make sure tenants um, get good information about how to manage that debt. And what programs are going to be available moving forward, but people shouldn't be kind of blackmailed or scared into giving up their apartments because of the debt owed. Um, and I think, yes, that is going to be the, the focus. And so please join one of the tenant, you know, we have a, a, lots of great tenant groups here in, in the East Bay and Oakland Tenants Union, ACE, um, we'll all be doing different kinds of uh, information um, on, on that. So really just keep an eye. Um, I know the ACE website will have lots of information. Awesome. Leah Simon Weisberg, thanks for joining us this morning and thank you for your work. Thank you. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask and the Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs>